Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Today in Business from Wired. What happens if Uber and Lyft flee California? Look at Austin. The ride hail services are threatening to stop service in the Golden State to protest a judge's ruling. They did something similar in Texas in 2016. By Arian Marshall. Rafael Rodriguez remembers the moment he learned Uber and Lyft were leaving Austin. It was Mother's Day, and I was with my girl in a restaurant, he says. I said, now I'm not paying for that pina colada. Today, he laughs about it. But in 2016, the situation was worrying. Rodriguez was a full-time driver for the ride hail companies. Just two days later, the platforms ditched the Texas Capitol, frustrated, that they lost a ballot measure that forced them to fingerprint potential drivers for background checks. Rodriguez was out of a job. Now, something similar might happen on a much bigger scale in California. Earlier this month, a state judge ordered the ride-hail companies to treat ride-hail drivers as employees instead of independent contractors. The companies had said they would stop operating in California on Friday but an appeals court on Thursday delayed the effective date of the ruling until it could rule on the company's appeal. Everything that we have built is based on this platform that brings earners and brings people who want transportation or delivery together. Uber CEO Dara Khosrowshahi said in an interview with New York Magazine's Pivot podcast on Wednesday, you can't flip that stuff overnight. The strategy seems to be a political bet, one that has worked for the companies before. They hope that if riders and drivers are angry enough about their departure, state lawmakers will rethink a law passed last year that effectively classified the drivers as employees. In 2015, Uber used a nifty in-app graphics that generated rider outcry to beat back a vehicle cap proposed by New York Mayor Bill de Blasio. When the city tried again three years later, Uber cold-called its customers about it. That effort failed. The company also mobilized rider outrage in London in 2017 when city regulators threatened the app's license over safety issues. Today, despite ongoing regulatory fights, 
Uber is still operating in London. So starting Friday, hundreds of thousands of California drivers, many of them part-time, might be out of a gig. Austin drivers have some words of advice for them. Brace for chaos, and then get creative. The week after Uber and Lyft left Austin in spring 2016 was confusing, drivers from the city say. People who hadn't followed the news or voted in the election got mad. Others got desperate. In the downtown bar area, people were going up to the cars on the street, banging on the window, and waving cash at them, says Christopher David, who founded an Uber competitor, Arcade City in Austin. It was a huge shortage of cars. Soon, though, replacements arrived. Arcade City began as a Facebook group that paired drivers with people who needed to get places. The operation has run into trouble with the law for improper permitting. Other platforms willing to follow the city's new rules trickled in over the next weeks and months. Fairfasten, Wings, Get Me, and the nonprofit Ride Austin. The city eventually established a hotline and then a job fair for drivers who had lost work. But Austin drivers who spoke to Wired said their best fares came from opportunities they created themselves. Within a couple weeks or so, I started realizing it's actually better that Uber and Lyft are not here, says Miguel Monsivez, who drove for both companies starting in 2015. This is our money, and it belongs to us. It belongs to the community. Today, Monsivace drives a pedicab and picks up passengers for Arcade City, which still operates in Austin. He has also set up regular rides with repeat customers, something the ride-hail apps don't allow drivers to do. Rodriguez, the driver who lost work when the companies left Austin, has since gone freelance. It's an empowering peer-to-peer -peer profession, he says. It's more like creating a community service than working for a middleman that will take the profits. Research from Austin shows that after Uber and Lyft left, not all riders chose other apps. An online survey of 1,840 app users sent out six months after the companies left found 45% switched to driving their own vehicles, and 9% bought one. Just 3% shifted to public transit. The changes didn't last long. In 2017, Texas state legislators passed a bill removing the fingerprint requirement approved by Austin voters. When Uber and Lyft returned to town a year after leaving, they lured riders back with steep discounts, and competitors saw a precipitous drop in ride requests. The swiftness of our decline was certainly faster than we modeled. Ride Austin CEO Andy Treba wrote in a 2017 blog post, where he noted that the company tried to keep prices competitive with Uber and Lyft. Drivers, he wrote, were loyal to Ride Austin, but eventually they had to follow the riders. Ride Austin shut down this summer. Most of the other services slowly collapsed or left the city. A California shutdown may play out differently because of the COVID-19 pandemic. San Francisco Bay Area and Los Angeles are usually two of the company's biggest markets, but both say that riders in California have been slow to rebound from the spring drop-off. That means few might notice when the services go away and bother legislators about it. At the same time, data released by Uber this week suggests riders in lower-income areas are most likely to be using the ride-hail service today as they did a year ago. I am concerned with the dwindling travel options during COVID, especially for underserved communities, says Robert Hampshire, professor of public policy at the University of Michigan's Ford School, whose research focuses on transportation. First, it was reduced public transit service. Now it is the possible departure of Uber and Lyft. The lives of people that depend on these services as opposed to personal vehicles is getting more and more difficult. Uber and Lyft are hoping for a reprieve in California. They, along with other gig companies, have supported a $110 million ballot measure campaign that would create a third category of employment and allow them to avoid classifying drivers as employees. Uber can also take advantage of a legal quirk. 
the order requiring them to reclassify drivers doesn't apply to its Uber Eats drivers, and so Uber doesn't plan to shutter that growing service in California. Richie, an Austin driver who also went through the 2016 upheaval, now drives for Uber only occasionally. He asked Wired not to use his full name because he fears retaliation. But Uber Eats right now is good, he says. People tip on it. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com business. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.